welcome to show number 14 here at Startup Founders. And today is a special day because I managed to find my nemesis, my top friend, my ex, I think he was my ex-employee or co-founder a long time ago. His name is Mr. Ryan Kelly. He's an awesome American. Yeah, he's an awesome American living in Germany. And he is one of the world's top athletes marketing experts. Yeah, this guy is a top app marketing expert. He's almost as good as me. Not completely. Okay, I think I'm number one. Maybe he's number two if he's lucky. Ryan is a very good friend of mine. In this interview, let me be completely honest, I went completely Australian trying to take the piece out of him nonstop. And disappointing wise, because Ryan was so serious the whole interview. I think at the end, I managed to to break him and he started laughing. Ryan is an expert regarding the way that startups face the app ecosystem. And me and, I mean, Ryan and myself, we have been working with so many startups in the last five years that we tend to rant a little bit about the mobile space. And in this case, what Ryan is going to actually help you if you are into this industry, into the app world, you're thinking about launching something in Google Play or in Apple, it's going to be a very interesting approach about what is required nowadays to succeed in this space. Because when we met, it was dead easy to crush it in the App Store. Now, things have changed, but thanks to Ryan, hopefully you're going to get some interesting insights. So welcome to show number 14 today with Ryan Kelly, App Marketing Superstar. So here I am, Mr. Ryan Kelly. Mate, it's good to have you here. You are in my new show, even if you are an American living in Germany. Mr. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Hi, Gab. Thanks for having me. Seems like it's it's. We did this a couple of years ago, probably about five years ago was the last time we were on Maybe a podcast we were together. Wrong then. I know, man. <laughs> I want to have a chat with you because I mean we're we're pretty good friends. We've been, I mean, colleagues for a very long time, and um, and you and I, we are both were clowns that we have worked a lot with startups in the last. I mean, what four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so tell, tell a little bit to, to the world, how did we actually meet? I mean, first of all, tell me a little, I mean, tell our audience, who the hell are you, man? I mean, give me the introduction. By now, I'm pretty sure I gave the introduction, I mean, to the podcast audience, but I mean, who is Ryan Kelly, man? Um, so, uh, my name is Ryan Kelly. I'm uh, uh, a, from the U.S. I'm an expat living in Berlin. Um, mostly what I do now uh, is in the mobile space. I'm a uh, uh, I do app store optimization, I'm working, doing business development for a large company. And uh, I, I also do a lot of product strategy and I work with, with startups and companies about how to build their product and then um, how to market their product or how to fix any kind of problems that they're having uh, with marketing and, and user acquisition. Dude, and we have to be completely honest in this show. I want to tell the audience how exactly we met. So the story is very weird because we met on a mastermind and you were listening to my podcast like, I don't know, like five years ago, right? We went to this mastermind in the Philippines, right? Chris Docker mastermind. And you didn't know what you're going to be doing with your life. I was working with app marketing 
And then you became my competition in app marketing. This is the best story ever. Well, I, I think even before that, though, if, what happened was I, um, I was trying to decide what to do because I wanted to leave my, my job and I wanted to change careers and I, I wanted to completely go in it in a different direction. So, um, so I was looking online and I was looking at all the kind of businesses that you could start. I read the four hour work week and kind of changed everything for me. And I, I just envisioned this, this life of, of living kind of the Tim Ferriss four hour work week. Um, so I, I, I played around with, with different things, um, from podcasts they recommended. So I was building AdSense websites, but it wasn't until I went to an event in Bangkok that, um, I met somebody in the lunch line, um, and when I asked them, so, you know, what do you do? And they said, well, you know, I make apps, mobile apps. And I was like blown away. I thought, this is amazing. Like, this is actually, this is what I want to do. Um, and so when I got, uh, I think I was still on the trip actually. And I started looking for podcasts. And at that time there was, there was, there was nothing. no one, right? It was like me and someone else. <laughs> and I remember, um, on that same trip, I was uh, in a, in a, staying in a resort. We were in the resort, and there was a podcast, and, uh, and our, our friend Steve Young had you on the podcast. I, I think you guys were actually doing a podcast together, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of any, anybody else. And so um, I thought, well, I, I need to, to find out some more. And so I think I kind of stalked you a little bit. Yeah, we connected. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and I just said, look, you're like, what about this? And what about this? And, and I remember at the time you saying, well, you know, what do you want to do? And what is, you know, what is your business strategy? And, you know, if this is something you want to do, um, you know, start developing content and start getting out there. And, um, you know, <laughs> don't, don't just still <laughs> talk about the same stuff, right? I mean, we still, we haven't made any progress. We're talking about the same thing every single week. What did you want to do? <laughs> well, I, I think that though, that the, the message at that time was really good. It was like, you know, we can sit here and talk, but you're, you're not going to accomplish anything unless there's, there's some action behind that. And so, um, yeah. And then I, I think, since then, you've gone on to do hundreds and hundreds of videos on, on all sorts of topics and uh, podcasts and, and, and things. And so. But the interesting part, I mean, you actually became, um, I mean, we worked together for a while. There was a catastrophe. I think it was an asshole with you. And then you, you technically now work in app marketing. And I, I believe right now you're one of the top, I mean, 10 guys in the world about app marketing by far. I mean, I'm going to say that completely honest. I think you actually... I think I was the guru at some stage, but I think you are, I mean, you have been working with so many freaking startups that is remarkable. And I want to, I want to talk to you today because your view about startups is a bit kind of like a dark humor, right? I mean, you are a bit of a non-believer a little bit in the startup world. Um, tell me exactly how do you help right now startups when they want to launch their mobile products? Well, it, it kind of depends on the stage that they are. I, I, I do a lot of research because I want to actually understand if there's, if there's any, any hope for the startup. Um, it's become super easy for anybody to, to sort of throw together an app um, or throw together a website and, and, and launch it and, and get an account. I mean, the, the creating a, a mobile app is, 
is one of the easiest things there is to do in the world. Um, the, the problem is it's everything that comes after that is so difficult. So whenever I'm kind of evaluating whether or not I can, I can help someone and whether or not I want to work with someone, I, I first look at the, the product, I look at the market, and then I, I look at the company kind of and, and, and what they've done. Um, so I, I think I, I told you, you're quite surprised, but nine out of 10 people that I speak to, they really probably don't, don't have a chance. Um, I don't know if it's, you, you get Shark Tank in Australia or you probably yeah, yeah, have your own it. version. Yeah, yeah. It's still so, the same thing, yeah. I, I think of marketing as like Shark Tank. And I think oftentimes as being a consultant or a strategist, um, I see myself as kind of one of the sharks. So I have to evaluate on the same merits. Like, does this, this, this app, um, if, if it had some, some marketing spend, some marketing budget, and if they understood what to do, um, are they going to be successful? Are they going to continue to grow? Because the, the biggest number one problem that I see right now is people are building features. They're not actually building a product. It's just a feature. And the, um, I probably got that even from Shark Tank, but um, <laughs> what, what, what people uh, need to do is they, they need to actually solve a problem and have something that's, that's not easily replicated because um, these, these larger companies, they can come in and instead of building an app, they just add uh, whatever it is as a, as a feature to their existing product. So um, this is why like at the beginning, the, 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 the uh, product research and really understanding the market is is uh is super important and marketing really does start at that point of of product uh validation and, and product research I, I think the startups don't do that job properly and it's interesting because today before the i mean the podcast i ask you hey i mean how much will i charge because i, I got i mean a startup asking me and you you mentioned that it's like i i don't i don't work with companies now that i don't believe they're going to be work they're going to i mean take off. And we have worked in so many companies, uh, so many app companies that don't exist anymore. That is, 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 I think it's the most scary thing. If you were a doctor <laughs> and you have to give a list of your patients that were dead, you will never have a job, right? But we have all these clients that go like, oh yeah, they, they fell. Oh yeah. I mean, they kaput. And even companies that they had a serious amount of investment, right? It's almost like a, like a, like a virus out there. Well, I, I do. Uh, yeah, I think that, that in this, this, this day and age, I mean, let's take a step back. If we, if we look back at what we used to do as far as marketing and app store optimization and, and, and being able to, to acquire users for, for the apps that we, we did have and publish, and, um, it was pretty easy. It was a matter of picking keywords. You, yep. could, you could take a product which probably wasn't even that great, um, you could throw some ads in there. Uh, you could do some good, mediocre to good app store optimization, and you could beat everyone, even large apps with big companies. Um, you were able to beat them just based solely on the fact that you knew more than anyone else. Um, and that's how we actually became popular. I mean, that's how we were taking the piece of the app store. That's how we, 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 we got that that momentum. So just to give some background to people listening to these, um, the, the, the way that I became kind of like famous in the app store was because at that stage, you could create maybe 20 or 30 apps in a month and then flood the app store. And these apps were highly optimized 
to get organic traffic. And organic traffic is people search for a keyword and they find the app. And we were actually stealing traffic from big app companies, especially in games where we have a very poor quality app, but we're still making money because we got the traffic and we're making money from ads. It was a very mercenary approach, wasn't it? It, it, it was, and it's kind of one of those things. I mean, it was a lot like AdSense and building these, these authority websites. Um, and, and even then, then, then later there was drop shipping and there's, there's all sorts of things. So there's, there's these businesses that kind of come up and the people that are in early and are in first and become uh, good at the, at the process um, are able to make a lot of money in a short period of time, it's but scheme, it never, right? never lasts. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 not, uh, it's, it's not a sustainable business. And, and we know it. I think we knew it back then. We knew that what we're doing, we're taking a little bit the pace with the App Store. And in fact, I mean, the App Store, I mean, I believe that we are responsible of many changes that the App Store did. It was against people like you and me that we were actually trying to find the weakness to be able to publish more apps and trying to make money with these apps. And technically, we never took care of the apps. Once the apps had a cycle and we make the money back from those apps, those apps could actually... I mean, die, and we didn't care because we could actually repeat and rinse the process. I just found my, my old um, iTunes developer account yesterday, and I logged into the account, and I saw there were 75 apps there. <laughs> there were 75 apps in that account, and I was thinking, oh, my God, I think I have maybe six accounts like these. So overall, maybe I have 400 apps there. Um, yeah, I mean, all of them trying to get some money from organic traffic. Yeah, I think that, that, that the other thing that happens too is you develop a system or develop a process and, and wisely kind of create a course and show other people how to do it. But what that opens up to is that opens up to right? more and more and more and more people. Um, so this is why I think even even with, with marketing um, to, to, to some degree, you can, you can read blog posts and you can kind of educate yourself but guaranteed one thing, the people that are authorities on the subject are not going to be writing books and they're not going to be telling you their best strategies. Um, 100%. I mean, we actually did that. We actually did the opposite. We told everyone and we, we built a competition and we built an army of, of people that were technically, I mean, they end up, I mean, destroying our business by, yeah, by learning from us, right? Yeah, and um, and this this kind of goes along with a conversation I had with somebody at Google. The the uh, well, this I was going to say the other day, but it was a couple I months ago. I love how you dropped the Google name like so casual. I was talking to someone in Google. <laughs> well, it was it was actually at a mobile mobile conference, and okay. um, and he was asking, you know, what kind of things would you like to see with with, with analytics? And so um, there was me and several other people, and they were standing around saying, well, you know, we'd like to see this or we'd like to see that. And he said. The problem is if we give you more analytics, let's just say that we said that blue is the highest converting uh, color for an icon. Oh, wow. You were only do blue apps, of course. Everyone would go there. So I, I think with, with marketing and specifically with app marketing, um, you know, you, you have to, first of all, think outside of the box and think about user acquisition from not just inside the store and inside search, but also uh, all of the other channels, which are outside of the store. Um, so I think that, that, that that's very important, but I do think that um, the best way to learn or to be effective is to, to start with a great product, 
um, have a budget and always be raising more and more and more because that's what it's going to take. Um, and then learn along the way. I, 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 it's the, the companies that I've worked with or the startups that I've worked with who are had success or who are having success now um, have all been working on the product for uh, three years or more. I don't know why three wow. years seems a magic okay. number. I love that. But okay. If you don't have the runway to support a product for three years, you the product will will never never uh, achieve any any kind of, of of profit. Well, that's that's fascinating. Okay, I mean, I didn't know those numbers were I mean were were so tough. Okay, so technically, I mean, right now, I mean, we're talking about these expectations with startups. Now, we also we I mean, we also face the startup that contact us when they have no other option, right? When they, and like we, we call them, I mean, they expect the miracle. Like they never thought about marketing in the first place. They had absolutely no plan. Now they spend, I mean, $300,000 in an app and they have $500 in marketing budget. Let's talk about those kind of, I mean, startups that we see so many freaking times that literally they didn't do their homework and now they are completely screwed because there's nothing they can do. So let's talk about them. Okay, well, I, I would say that, that there's probably about 80% of the people that approach me or that I speak with fall into that category. Wow. And the, the, the analogy that I really like to use is um, when you see someone one drowning and you're standing on the dock there, like you don't jump in with them because they're going to pull you under. And you, you, you're, you're <laughs> not as effective. Let's explain to people that we're both school diving instructors, right? So we, we're allowed to say this comment like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you can probably, well, usually you can, you can better help them by actually throwing them a, a, a life ring so that uh, they can sort of help themselves. And I, I feel that as a, as a consultant and a marketer, that the best thing that I can do is is oftentimes point people in in the right direction, because jumping in with them and trying to um, solve issues of of not having enough budget or um, not having a fantastic product or building a very niche product that has a very limited audience or not being able to monetize that product um, are all real issues that um, I I don't want to, I have no interest in, in, in sort of helping them with that part of it um, because those are things that should have been, been taken care of at the beginning, not after the product is launched and there's this kind of oh shit moment where um, you know, you, you're, you're, you're drowning and you don't know what to do and you're looking for any possible thing uh, to, to, to try and, and, and save you and save the huge investment of time and money that's been uh, you know, put forward for, for, for the product. I think that's an interesting part of you, you mentioned is that effort that in a kind of way, they don't really know when it's time for them to quit, right? It's like they're desperate because they realize they didn't have a marketing plan. Now they have to make money somehow. They have to get some results. They just got some money from the investors and it's this insane pressure they put on the consultant or the agency saying, hey, you guys have to help us because this has to work now. And I think when people are panicking, it's like when, when you really want to try to get laid on a, on a bar or a pub, everyone knows that you're desperate trying. So I think in those moments, marketing tends not to work so well 
when there's this insane, I mean, time constraint and the urgency to see results, right? Well, I, I think that pe people's KPI usually is, is downloads. And, and that's very dangerous. And especially now where we're seeing for the first time ever in quarter one, there were fewer uh, apps which were downloaded. And I think that this trend is going to continue. Uh, I think that apps, when uh, the App Store and Google Play Store were launched, they were very new and there were lots of new and innovative apps, but the innovation has pretty much stopped. I mean, if you think back, um, I don't know, when's, what's the last app that you downloaded that you thought, uh, you know, this is, this is amazing, I don't know how I live without it. Or in the case of like Pokemon Go, which was a phenomenon and very interesting, you know, very innovative, there hasn't been too many apps or social networks or uh, anything past, um, you know, the big ones, the, the Uber and the Lyft and the Airbnb and... Yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting because, I mean, we get a lot of clients. I mean, I know you also get the same clients that they tell you we are the next social network. And automatically I roll my eyes and I, I usually tell them, okay, what's your marketing budget? And then the answer will be something like, okay, we, we can start with $2,000. And you start thinking, how is it possible that you're trying to build a social network with $2,000 of marketing and you didn't build an audience before. So I want you to talk about that, that the factor of building the audience before building your freaking app. Because I think they're trying to build the app and then it's like, okay, let's go and find the people that can use this versus doing the opposite, I mean, the opposite thing of like creating your tribe like Seth Golin talks about and then, I mean, offer them a solution. Well, I, I think that there's there's a couple of things. Just just on the previous point, I, I do think that that um, as a marketer, when you get those questions or when those questions come up and, and, and people say to this, and I'm sure you've heard this a hundred times, people will say, um, you know, well, if I spend $2,000, how many downloads am I going to get? Um, and I, I think that that's completely a wrong way to think about it. The better way to think of it is we have $2,000 and how many users can we acquire? And then um, how good are those users? You know, how are we tracking those users to make sure that they're, they're uh, make, making purchases, in-app purchases, and making sure that they're engaging and making sure that there's retention there? Because if there isn't retention and you're just getting downloads and they're not monetizing, then, then the download number becomes a vanity metric. And in most cases, $2,000 is is uh i mean a, a month is is not even you're not even in the same you know you can't do anything with that if you if you in, for a social network i mean if you had two thousand dollars a day yeah maybe um but so where you start i know this sounds all negative like oh this doesn't work and this doesn't work you are this very negative work, but... you're very serious also <laughs> i'm very highly impressed please go keep going so the the, the first thing is um, instead of like coming up with an idea and just saying, wow, you know, hey, I've got this, this, this great idea and, and, and now uh, I better get an NDA and I'm going to share this. I'm going to make everyone sign this NDA because my idea is, is, is so great. Um, that's, you know, typically that shows me that, that somebody hasn't done um, enough research when they ask me to sign an NDA uh, because Software is very open source, and, and I can almost always find the same sort of concept or idea, and maybe they've just changed it a little bit, you know? 
And, and it amazes me that people still try and do that. You know, they try and make an Uber for this or, um, you know, an on-demand market for this or the latest one is the scarcity. So trying to be uh, supreme for whatever it is. Um, and I think that, that, that uh, you know, when you come up with an idea, it's important to, to talk to a lot of people. And these are people that cannot be friends or family because they will never give you. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, your girlfriend always believes that you're doing something amazing and your wife is like, yeah, dear, that's going to, that's going to work. Yeah. Or, or the other one is, oh, but we love it. You know, it's like, but why is it going to work? Oh, because I love it. And I love it. I mean, I, they say that, say like, I mean, do you do market research? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I will use it. Yeah, but just because <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to buy it. And it's, I think the difficult thing with, with, with mobile is people forget, I mean, how little money do you actually make? I, I was speaking to Lady La uh, Christine Lady Lawrence. That's the best last name ever. Um, and I was helping her, believe it or not, with our all development team. I mean, that we actually share the same developers. We would not mention their names. But now they actually work for her on this, um, on this app called Pound that is uh, Instagram management tool. It's pretty cool. And she is the spokesman of the, of the companies. She's, she's awesome. But, but technically, I mean, she was talking about how little money do they actually make in the app store. And people don't understand that. I mean, it's, you need to get a lot of users, hopefully paying recurrent because otherwise it's going to be even more difficult. And then... I mean, the app store gets 30%, then you get tax on that, then you get refunds. And I don't think people do the homework financially, how difficult it's going to get, I mean, um, be, I mean, profitable with, with mobile, right? Well, this is why I always recommend when, when people are starting out and they have an idea and there are a lot of, a, a lot of great ideas, the, 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 the thing, the next step that I recommend to them is to actually create a landing page. There's so many landing page builders. It's so easy to do. Anybody can create a landing page and build an email list. Um, you, you, you put up some, some uh, social accounts and you use Facebook ads and you actually test to see if people are interested. See if you can build that list. If you can you can build a list of a thousand people willing to give you their, their email, then maybe you're onto something. And now you can build web apps, you can build um, websites to kind of test the features. So if possible, I always tell people build a website first. And if you can get people um, signing up and then eventually using that website, then and only then should you move to an app but very rarely, I know mobile first is kind of a, a hot term, but it's, it's uh, unless you are starting with a, with a budget, and I mean a budget of, 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 of half a million dollars, then it, it makes more sense to, um, to be able to build a community of users and to, um, to, to ask them and to figure out like what are their problems and how do you solve it and Test all of these things until you uh, until you have people that are hungry for your your solution, and and if people are asking, saying, "Hey, you know, we 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 really we 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 want an app, and and um, and they're going to be your fans, and they're going to spread it around," then then and only then would I say build build an app. But I I don't think an app is always the solution. 
That's so interesting. I even even go a bit further and said, if you got to build an app and you have those fans that you believe on, that I mean, you believe they're your fans, why not ask them to? I mean, to fund the app, right? I mean, I mean, get some some. I mean, get them as Kickstarter as founders. They can actually pre-buy access to the app for the first, I mean, two years. I mean, try to get some cash because I think people will tell you, yes, the app is amazing. And this happened to me in the past. I was going to make this mastermind. I have a personal group on Facebook with over 8,000 people. And I post about my mastermind. Everyone was going to go. But once I asked people to put a deposit, it was a completely different situation, right? I mean, I think that market research needs to be done based on one thing is Will you buy this right now? And if you say yes, okay, awesome, give me $5. Because if people give you $5, it means there are real fans versus you trying to go and spend $30,000 building a minimum viable product and then nothing happens, right? Well, I, I think that this is why um, the freemium model has been great and freemium works for certain apps. It certainly works for games, but I would say that with apps, the only sustainable model um, in 2019 and going forward is going to be a subscription. And I, I think that um, probably somebody is going to come up with some way of having a Netflix for mobile apps where it's a one fee and you're able to, to, uh, to use, you know, and download a, as many apps, you know, it's, it's, it will be like a streaming app service. I, I really think that that's, that's the future. Um, and I also think that the bigger companies are going to start to merge. I think that you're going to see, um, a meditation app merge with maybe a smaller social network who merges with a, uh, some kind of fitness app. And so you'll have one major brand, but you'll have the different apps under that brand. Um, and the reason that they, that I, I think that that's the way that everything's heading is because even if you have a great product, the amount of budget that you need to get in front of people it's is ridiculous, is <laughs> staggering. I mean, people don't realize on that on a, on let's just say a five dollar subscription. You know what is actually left after the thirty percent to Apple and Google, after the the uh, taxes, after you you pay employees and an office and. You know, and, and plus the cost to acquire that user. I mean, it doesn't make sense in some cases where, you know, the cost to acquire a user is is, is typically between a dollar and three dollars. Um, so that doesn't that, that, that leaves literally pennies left over um, for the company. And unless you can you can do that at scale, it's just it's just really, really uh, hard, and that's why a lot of these apps are, are, are they're not profitable for the first three years. It's only um, later that they 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 are profitable, and they sort of outlast all of the competition who can't really compete because they they haven't raised the funding or 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 nobody's funding or um, or they just burn through all their cash. Wow, man, it's so challenging. I mean, obviously, this game. Now, if you were going to, I mean, let's talk a little bit about you putting your money where your big mouth is. Let's presume that you and me were going to build an app, I mean, a business. Let's presume there's going to be a business, um, but could be, let's make it app because apps are challenging. 
where should we start? I mean, we we speak to so many freaking startups. I mean, it's funny because I roll my eyes now when I speak to them. <laughs> I think I'm going into a passive aggressive role already when I'm consulting some startups. A bit unfair. Um, so if you were going to be launching your own startup in the mobile, I mean, area, what exactly would you do? Where did you start, man? Impress me, please. Well, the, the first thing that I'm going to do, is, as I mentioned before, is, is I'm not going to think mobile. Mobile is going to be a couple of years down the road. Um, the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to solve the, the, the same problem on, on the web. Um, and I'm going to figure out that problem. Um, too many times I see, I see founders and they say, oh, look, I have this problem. So everyone else must also have this problem. Oh, look, I found other people that have this problem, but then they end up building a product that serves themselves instead of thinking about the actual, uh, the consumers or the customer. So I think that I would, um, I think that the on-demand space is probably the most interesting space. So if I were to do something, I would create a, a, an e-commerce store I think that apps need to be monetized outside of the store and relying on subscriptions or IAPs is an old model. I think now you need to, um, to have lots of different channels and those channels might be um, uh, you know, uh, affiliate models where, where you, are, you have affiliates or you, you, you work with affiliates and you, you represent their, their products or services. Um, I know this is a really touchy subject, but, uh, but selling the, the, the data and I mean in the most uh, white hat way, um, selling data on, on user behavior, not specifically people's personal data. That's very I, I naughty, think, Ryan. That's very naughty. I think that, that that's, that that's uh, you know, that that is very interesting. That's interesting to companies. So, I mean, if I had... I, I mean, selling data, me for instance. Idea. I want to put you on, on the spot. Give me an idea. You're going to need to launch a startup. I mean, I'm, I'm the tank shark. I have so much money. I just sell my beach flat. I'm actually selling it. Um, where should we put the money? Let's, let's launch, an, I mean, something quickly with under $20,000. What you do? Or, or, or give me an example of a startup that you heard of that you think I should steal the same idea. I know there's a few of them. Well, the, the problem is that I'm, I'm addicted to product hunt. And so I'm sort of <laughs> on there every single day. But I think that if you, if you look at product hunt every single day for a month, you can understand the products that uh, get a lot of, of, of upvotes. And you can, under, you can see the, the, the products that don't. So the first thing that I would look at is how many of those products are mobile apps? And I think that what you'll find every day is that almost none of them are mobile apps. Um, and there is a, a big reason for that. And that's because companies are building uh, on the web first and then building the, the, the mobile product. So, and they're testing um, on product hunt. So the first thing that I would do is I would create a, if I had $20,000, I would work on creating content, a story, and I would work on how to speak with as many people as possible about the problem that I'm trying to solve to get as much feedback as possible. And then I would work on an, on an MVP um, to, 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 to launch. I love um, how you are avoiding my question, man, over and over. You know, one of the, the, the little startups that I find fascinating that no one talks about are all those still 
little uh, business that are Google Chrome's plugins that I, I find that it's so freaking easy to launch. And these people are technically, I mean, making um, money. They're launching little business. The, the software is not very complicated. There's a marketplace out there and it's not very elegant. And we see them all the time in something like Product Hunt where technically they're, they have clients, they gain momentum, and it's not this startup mentality of having to do something overcomplicated. So there's actually ways out there to building solutions that get traction pretty fast without making things too complex, right? Just find a solution to one product. I had a client of mine, this is, I mean, I'm going to give a plug. To, I mean, I don't even know his name anymore. His job was only one. He had an app to find your Fitbit. And it was a profitable business. I mean, the app was to find the Fitbit. And I didn't know that Fitbits are actually easy. I think the Fitbit changed the model and it destroyed his business. But I mean, the first like four versions, I mean, you couldn't find your Fitbit easily. So people would lose all the time. So this app was just for that. And the business was profitable just with that. And I love those businesses that are not romantic, but actually solve a very specific problem and their niche, right? I, I agree with you to a point, um, but I think it goes back to what you said before, where um, you know my idea of success and a successful business is going to be very different from somebody else's. My idea of success is you have investors, you have an office, you have people that come to that office every day. That's they your idea of success. On the product. That for me is 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 enough income that you can support a family and that you you know that you have something that continues to grow. I shouldn't put it into terms of okay. an office and so many employees, but I should, I should have put it in more terms that you have a sustainable business that is, is going to continue to grow month after month after month. And you are going to grow in both in terms of, of users and in terms of employees. And of course, in, in terms of profit. Um, too many times I see people say, well, you know what? I'm making loads of money off of sticker apps. I'm like, really? You are? Oh, that's great. Like, you know, I'm, I'm killing it. I'm like, you are, man, that's amazing. So how much are you making? And they're like, oh, last month I made a thousand dollars. And I'm like, really? Incredible. And you live at home. That extra thousand dollars must like, you know, take you a long <laughs> way. you being an asshole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perhaps finally, finally the real Ryan came out. I was doing this interview. I was like, I mean, Ryan is so polite today. Where is the real asshole? But anyway, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But it makes sense. I mean, I, th I think it's important to, to define those, those levels of success. But I mean, but let, let's be honest. It may, I mean, there's also companies out there that are making a thousand dollars in profit. And they're trying to raise, I mean, I mean, half a million dollars, right? So where do we find the balance between a business that is sustainable by itself, like let's say a mobile app, and the app that's making $1,000, but the only way for them to grow is to get half a million dollars of investment. How do you find that balance? What kind of business should we go? The one that we need to get investors to make it work or the one that regardless what happens is going to be organic if you work your ass off? I think that 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 joining an incubator um, or uh, seeking funding, um, even seeking funding from from friends and family before anybody else, I don't think there's anything wrong um, with raising twenty thousand dollars from friends and family to work on the project. Because I guarantee you, if it's people that are that close to you that are giving you money, you're not going to waste it 
and you're going to use it as smart as possible. So before ever getting funding anywhere else, I would always look at, at, at friends and friends and family. Yeah, I think I think you're more accountable. I mean, to your I mean to your uncle, right? Than to someone that is just pulling the money. You have no idea how much money it is. And I mean, I, I had the experience that I got. I mean, got I got some investors before in a business to do with app. Um, and and technically, I mean, we lost. I mean, the business went kaput. It didn't went anywhere, and it was a catastrophe. But I think that once you get some money invested, uh, and if you're serious about your business, you need to produce those results, and that becomes a bit more accountable, right? It's not just about making money for yourself. Is I mean, you have to repay that money somehow, right? Well, I, I think too, you know, we're, we're we're talking about startups in a lot of different ways, and and I think that that VCs, this is what they do. I mean, every single day, they are pitch. However many different companies are are pitching to them their their ideas, but out of those one hundred, they're taking one. And this is where I think having, um, you know, not building a product right away, but even I know you're going to laugh at this. But having a great plan and having a great slide deck and having, you know, some kind of idea of, of where, where you want to go and how you're going to get there and how much money you're going to need is, is, is better than launching a mediocre product which doesn't really end up getting any users. So I, I think that, that the early stages... So the recap of the conversation is improve your powerpoint presentations yeah yeah <laughs> no i i think that the, the the to recap though i think you have to think in terms of 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 building a business not a lemonade stand and there's too many lemonade stands out there um and if you're going to 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 go you know the app business is not a side business it's not something that you can really do nights and weekends Um, and be successful. I know I there that. are people that have done it, but it's this is not a hobby job. If you want to do fulfilled by Amazon and make extra money, you know, do it. There's plenty of opportunities there. But apps have changed. It's it's not it's not the same. It requires uh, a whole ton of of uh, of money. And I mean, it's interesting because right now I'm working with a company. I can't really say the name, and. Um, and I was looking at the amount of money they were investing in paid traffic. And in, in the app store, they spend as an experiment. Okay, I mean, I just raised my voice really loud. As an experiment, they put half a million dollars. I mean, the last two years to see how it will work out. And that wasn't the real proper investment done. And this is a very big company. I mean, it's a, it's a proper company. And it showcases how, I mean, the big companies are playing. We know these, let's say, casino apps. I mean, how much money they invest to get this traffic. So sometimes we see these apps and we think, oh, we can achieve that. But we forget, I mean, the huge amount of effort they have technically to make it work, right? So I think that's where the challenge is. And what you said, I think, is, is the biggest takeaway is some companies that you actually work with, they have been doing it for three years and now they're getting some traction. So three years of massive amount of effort, tons of dedication, investment, I mean, very smart people, a great product, and then you start seeing some results. Not easy, huh? No, it's not. And I think, you know, I, I've, I've focused a lot on the, the, the people and uh, like an individual who's, who's looking to do um, a startup. And, and, and 
you know, there's, there's lots of different, different people. There are startups that have a great product. They have some funding. They just don't know what the next step is. And those are the people that I feel that I can help the most where I can say, look, I recommend that you put um, X uh, a number of uh, a percentage of your, your monthly budget towards this activity and test these specific things. I recommend that you use these analytics to track um, you know, the users and, to, and to, to look at retention and engagement and you know, look at the product and how do you keep people uh, inside the app and how do you you know, how do they feel? You know, what kind of UX research can I, can I recommend? And I think that, that um, usually when there's a startup, there's, a, there's always a technical person. There's, there's the CEO who's out, um, you know, raising funds. And I think it's uh, the startups, it's important for them to not necessarily have somebody in-house, but have somebody who's working for them as in an agency uh, or a consultant um, or a strategist who is um, who's guiding them a, a, along the way, um, because I, I think with marketing you can make a lot of very expensive mistakes, and it can be the death of a product if you make too many of those bad mistakes. And that's why I, I really think that um, I can provide the most value for a startup at a certain stage um, when they have specific goals. Um, whether those are user acquisition goals or whether those are revenue goals or, or both. Um, so I, I, I don't think that all products are crap and I don't think that all startups have no chance. I just think that there's, there's a certain place where that startup is a real startup where that you have people who are, who are putting in, you know, the time and this dedicating their entire life um, to building a product that, that, that helps people. Right. You know that you have to choose a tagline, you know, for the podcast, you know, so that, my tagline for this podcast will be all startups are crap, you know, by Ryan Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and I will do, I will do so much SEO for that. So as soon as people Google your name, there'll be Ryan Kelly, all startups are crap. Man, I, I love your honesty. You, you do this. I mean, so often you actually are, living and breathing with these startups in these conferences. Actually, when I completely different path, obviously uh, being now, I mean, like single dad, writing, doing podcasting, but you actually talk to these people nonstop. And we know that, I mean, this is a hive of, of tech companies in Europe, in London, in, in, in Berlin, in, in Barcelona. Now, if you, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about something before we finish, and it's about... Your concept of startups is very clear. What do you think is the responsibility of the founder of, of, the, of, of the business? I mean, do you advise that person to empower themselves to do part of the marketing? Right now, people are listening to this like, mate, that's great, but I have no investment right now. I'm in the middle of some. I mean, right now, I'm stuck with this app. I'm stuck with this business, right? How do I empower myself when I wake up tomorrow morning and not in the morning, where the hell do I go instead of listening to podcasts? What's my first step? So I, I think to answer your first question about how involved does a founder need to be in the in the in the the marketing process or or with the marketing, um, I, I think that straight away I think that the that the founder and the CEO, you know, typically the CEO, 
needs to be involved in the design sprints. I always recommend doing design sprints, marketing sprints, using you know three or four days to solve the major issues of, of both design and marketing. Um, I think that they need to be involved, but I think that they're, they're, they're uh, probably their most important job is, is, is raising funding and raising funds and building a team and sort of the, the overall vision. I, I really think that uh, working with strategists and working with people who are um, experienced, but also the people who have their finger on the, on the, on the pulse, who understand what's, what's going on. We're, we're about to enter into um, kind of a new realm where, where voice is, is sort of taking over. And so the, the, the look of your, your startup logo is not going to be nearly as important as the sound of the, the actual uh, startup uh, name. And I think that everything is becoming more customized. So I, I think that these are, are, are trends that um, it would be impossible for somebody trying to, to run a startup uh, raise funding, do marketing, and then also understand what what all the trends are in the in the market. I think that that distracts them too much. So um, I know that probably didn't completely answer your question. But what was the second part? <laughs> Is what they going to do tomorrow morning, not in the morning? But you tell them to go and find funds. I hate that answer, man. I want you to empower them. I want it to be more Tony Robbins, more Oprah. Come on, be a bit more Gary Vee for me. I know that you love Gary Vee. You wake up in the morning to listen to Gary Vaynerchuk. What would be your advice tomorrow morning for someone that's completely lost with marketing, um, with their app? I mean, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. in the morning, and they can't hire anyone. Where do they start right now? Educating themselves, well, watching videos? Where do they go? Well, I, I, I think, um, and, and we, we have talked about this. I think there's too much um, trying to educate yourself and trying to watch videos, you know? If I only just watch one more YouTube video, if I only just follow this person, if I only just if I only just listen to this podcast, and I think that the the best thing to do is um, is to do like actually do, you know. If if you if you have questions about it, get out there and test it. You know, anybody anybody can run Facebook ads, and anybody can for free create. Facebook ads using an, a, an app like Canva or something. So I would say get it out there. The other thing is content. You've got to have content, 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 content. Not like one day a piece of content or um, you know writing some kind of clever post and putting it on Medium, but doing it every single day and getting out there and actually following other people, seeing what they're doing, speaking with people. You've got to be doing all of these things all the time, testing um, and, and, and learning. You know, if you read about something or somebody says, hey, you know, um, Pinterest has ads and Pinterest ads are working really well, well, get out there and spend a week learning everything you can about Pinterest ads and then test it to see if it works. Um, so I, I think that, that there's, uh, there can be too much of trying to, to find the answer when the only way to really uh, find the answer is to is, is to is to is by act you know being active and actually getting shit done, for lack of another term. Ryan, you're one of the most honest. I mean, marketeers out there, you have absolutely zero BS. I, that's why I love you. 
I mean, I know that you're very selective who you work with because you have an awesome life and I want to invite you to another show to talk about the way that you have re-engineered your life because you're the reason why I'm writing back again, okay? You are an inspirational in the way that you actually think about some things, although even you change your mind so many times. Um, and I know you're selective with your time lately. If people want to find more about what the hell you do, you need someone with an American accent to help them with, <laughs> with, with their, to tell them, I mean, to help them with app marketing, with strategy, with product. I know you're working right now in, in product development a little bit more. Um, how they can find more about you, man? Um, actually, it's, it's, uh, it's really pretty, pretty easy. Um, you know, drop, drop me a, a, an email. Um, I, um, I like to get tough questions. I like to answer those questions. And I don't think that there's, there's enough of that. And I, I don't think it's good to get on social media and always be, um, you know, someone with a megaphone who like is me. just talking about this and that. Um, I like to be, I like to be a little bit quieter. Um, and my username on, on social media is completely ridiculous. So I think for ease, it's, 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 uh, send me an email at, at Ryan Kelly, uh, at me.com. So that's R Y A N K E L L E Y at me.com. And, um, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to have a chat and, um, and even point you in the right direction. Anyway. Yeah, go and check Ryan. Also in Medium, I mean, he has, I mean, super good content lately. I've been reading him a few of his stuff. Um, so, so yeah, um, check some of his content. I'll put the links. I'll make you famous, my man, on this brand new podcast. Dude, I'm going to have you again, okay, mainly because I love your accent. That's the only reason why. Uh, and because I think people are going to get sick of my Spanish accent, South American <laughs> accent. So, listen, thank you so much for being in the show. You, I mean, I, I can't wait to see you again. It has been too long. Um, and, yeah, man, and thank you for being here. Thanks so much, Gab. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. No worries, man. Okay, so this is the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. This is Startup Founders, and tomorrow we'll have another podcast, hopefully here. And if you enjoy the show, why not be super nice? Spend literally nine seconds that will take you from now to go to iTunes and leave a review. Leave me some comments, and if you leave your review, I will be reading the review, hopefully in a few shows. So thank you once again, and I will see you very soon here at Startup Founders.